Shane Greenall of Doge Dan Crows, welcome back to the Razor's Edge. Ah, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It's all right. Um, so last time we spoke to you, it was a little bit warmer. Um, it was just before you took to the stage at Stone Dead. Um, so how was that summer festival season for you? I was incredible, but um, so fun to be part of Stone Dead. It was our first time there. That was that was really that's such a feedback. Even now, like the, the the images are still popping up on Facebook and all social media and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was brilliant, man. The whole festival season was just a delight. It was just so amazing to be back out doing what we're doing, playing to larger audiences. You know, the festivals give every band that opportunity. So um, absolutely incredible, but yeah um and uh, stone dead specifically you were the main supporter michael schenker but it was very clear from the there was more there was the more of those damn crows fans than there were schenker fans there and it got a bit quieter after you left the stage so how how, how does it feel to be able to draw more fans than schenker to a to a festival yeah. it's, it's pretty mind-blowing to be honest um <laughs> absolute legend in schenker and mm -hmm. um Briefly met him backstage, and uh, so yeah, it's, it's just amazing. But we we kind of knew it as we entered the campsite at Stone Dead. Um, we saw there were flags out by the the camping site, and and we saw people walking around with the merch. Um, it's a wonderful feeling, but it was the same when we did download and all these other festivals we had to play. It was, you know, you got they are pinching moments. You know, you're like, wow, they're they're into it. Um, but there is no better feeling when you know you play a, a, a festival and that field is full of your merch and they're singing the songs back. So, I mean, it was, it's incredible, man, to be as high up as we were on Stone Dead, and, and we actually said, you know, that normally when we play festivals, what it has in, in previous years, you know, the sun hasn't gone down; it's still daytime, so you can't use the lights. All the headline bands have got the, you know, it's nighttime and the lights come on. And I think I remember saying that on the um, on the show. But it's it's an amazing feeling. But we're we're doing the right thing. We're just carrying on with the momentum, and um, long may it continue. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so really, we're here to talk about your new album, Inhale Exhale, which is out on Earache Records uh, in a matter of days. So, over the summer when we spoke, you talked to us about the balance of light and dark, and the the experiences you've all had um, recently, and, and loss of parents and things like that. So. How much did those powerful life events feed into this album? Um, hugely. I, I think it's it's one of those things you perhaps, when you write in, you put it all down on paper and you get in the studio, you jam it up with the boys, and and it's only on reflection when you have this product and you and you listen back to the finished article where you kind of reflect and go, subconsciously wow you know you know what i mean it's like it's, it's difficult sometimes i think it, for me personally it's great when you pen stuff because it's out into the world when it's all in your head sometimes you don't you're not aware of stuff that's happening to you or that's changing you emotionally um psychologically mm. and until you have this body of work where you go holy shit you know th this this is really something and, and and you're discussing and you're talking about it and even to the point like we did videos after the album was um made um we found we were opening up about our losses with family and stuff as a, as a band and you know we're brothers before the band so it's like the band is just like an extension of our friendship but yeah 
maybe sometimes you don't have those conversations because you know you're protected in that bubble of the band and you've got to be this rock and roll thing but you know this whole process right in the album has made us all kind of open up and talk a bit more which is another sort of side to the album which perhaps we haven't had on others you know so yeah um, incredible really absolutely so so when you start thinking about writing a new album following up point of no return how did you approach it? Were you looking to evolve your sound from that previous album? It was, there was, there was no preconceptions of let's change the sound or we want it to sound like this. But what we did realize was, like I, I'm talking from my perspective here, that I'm such an um, observant person. And, and I realized that COVID obviously restricts that. So you can't, you're not talking to as many people. You're not having the interaction that you do. And so, and I, I realize I tend to write, always looking out and looking at different people's, how they um, react to certain things in environments or a story I've heard and then putting my spin on it from my perspective. But when you're in a closed room and it's just four walls and, you know, you're talking like this rather yeah. than actually meeting and seeing the face, you know, even this, there's a, there's a, there's a filter, there's a, there's a line yeah. where you can almost act. And then when the camera's off, you can really see it in someone's face. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, do you know what I mean? There's, there's a, there's a real difference with connection in, in, in real life. So it was very difficult to write, but what happened was I was right there from my perspective of, of like, perhaps see you again, for example, when we're going to see the fans again, like, are we going to be able to do what we did, you know, two years ago? And um, it's all going to be normal. It's all because at the time it wasn't, mate. It was just like yeah. everything was in doubt. So we were. I was writing from that perspective. And then what happened is when we went into the recording studio to just um, lay down what we had, the the, the songs that I've had in in the kitty for like two years, and and we evolve, and then this stuff is brand new, riffs, ideas I had. And then we got together, we jammed them out. And it wasn't until we got into the recording studio and met up with Dan Weller, our producer. And it was a case of, right, we brought this to the table. Then he heard the demos and he jammed with us, swapped and changed a few things, made them more um, direct as opposed to you know, the, the the scenic route. And uh, <laughs> And, and then what happened was he was like, oh, well, if you're doing that, we could put this sound on it. And then it became that sound changed everything and that vibe. And then it opened another door. So I go, OK, I'm like, if you're doing that, I'm going to do this. And so I would sing or I would say a word differently. And and then all of a sudden, this the what I would call the life force of the album came into play. So it's all very well having songs and stuff, but there's... It's got to come from a source, and sometimes that's a, a sonic thing. And I think that's across the board in the album, whether it be a, a soft song, a hard song. Mm. Um, there's an intensity, there's a depth, I think, um, a sound within yeah. each one that kind of connects them all. Even though, the, i got to be honest, I think the song, as song, the album, sorry, as songs, are very different. They're all... Very different singles, if you ask, if you ask me. Mm. But it is there's a sonic um, depth and identity that connects them all. But I, I hear that only because I think I know the process of what we did. So yeah. I don't, it'd be interesting to find out when the album's out if that comes across to the, the to the listener. But uh, we'll, we shall see. 
Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned the dreaded COVID and obviously that hit between albums and usually you'd just spend a few years on the road in be- in between point of no return and, and inhale exhale. So I've spoken to a few bands over the last year or so who've written albums during that COVID period and they've used the time off the road to like to polish their songs and their songwriting and, and to give it an extra dimension when it comes to recording an album. Did you use the time? over those like two years to help with that songwriting process yeah absolutely um but i found it more difficult and mm. and it's because of the reasons i said earlier this i wasn't hanging out with the lads i wasn't seeing um it's almost like you need the inspiration from other people's story lives yeah. visually something you see the spark something off I'm a very observant person. If I'm in a room, I can tell you how many, say if it's a restaurant, how many waiters are in there, how many are male, how many are female. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. all, and then these like, I don't know what it is with me. I've always like looking at people and thinking, what's their story? I wonder what their story is. Why are they acting like that? Why is that guy so more, that waiter more enthusiastic mm. than that waiter? What's the story behind that? Do you know what I mean? I'm always looking yeah. at, and it's not judging people at all, but I'm very, I'm, I'm, I don't know what it is, perhaps nosy, perhaps I, but um, I'm, I'm interested in people. I'm interested mm. in how people react and what makes one person react and somebody else react completely different. And there's always, like I always say, you know, you can never live anybody else in anybody else's shoes and um, you don't know what's going on, you know, behind the eyes. So it's yeah. like, that fascinates me. But without that, I found it quite difficult. So I'm a yeah. storyteller. Um, but what it did do was make me focus on how I was reacting to COVID and how the fears and the doubts of holy shit, am I gonna am I gonna see not even like the fans, like certain members of my family, because mm. it was just we were all so tightly needed to stay in your home, you know, it was it was ridiculous. Um Rightly so, I guess, you know, for obvious reasons. But uh, yeah. but uh, it was just really tough for us all, I think, psychologically. Absolutely. That's why Crowcast happened, man. It was just a way to just connect with the fans that have been so loyal to us. And Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've had a few weeks now to to let this album sink in. I've been lucky enough to, to have an advanced copy of it. And for me, I mentioned earlier the evolution of sound, and it is an evolution of sound. And it's... From my perspective, I thought it's not quite as accessible as Point of No Return was, and that's not in a bad way, because obviously Point of No Return was full of rock radio bangers that yeah. everyone could immediately get into. Whereas Inhale and Exhale is, is a more mature album, I think, and it, it just as many bangers, but there's there's more depth to it. There's more depth to the sound. As you spend time with the album, it, it sinks in more. It's 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 yes. it, so. Do you think that's a fair assessment of what you've produced? I really do, man, and, and thank you for that. Because you know, it, it, we are it's, it's slowly now starting to drip feed in. The people have reviewed it and sort of mm. and, and and I'm I'm excited about that. I kind of want to hear people's feel honestly, you know, the the truth behind it, what they're thinking and feeling. I think I summed it up beautifully. I think I think where we are in our careers and the whole shit that's come before via COVID. I think this album, if if point of no return with the questions I was asking. Um, inhale, exhale is almost the consequences of those questions. Mm. So it was like, 
I almost feel like there is a, a new depth to it. There is things that have happened to us. And I think inhale, exhale is almost like the pendulum of life for us right now to our career. Mm. It sways into the good, it sways into the bad. It's, it's, it's constantly doing that and accepting that, realizing that. Um, I think that's, that tells more about where we are in our private lives, not just our career. So yeah. it's like not to taking things for granted anymore. Not that we did, but something like the pandemic really hit home, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right, but I think it is a, perhaps a slow burner. You get into it more yeah, and understand what the songs are about. But I think it's got, I still think it's got absolute bangers that you can do it on. You just want to dance to. Uh, it does. Off, yeah. Uh, you know, but... Yeah, I think I think there is a bit more maturity, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, well, when we spoke to you over the summer, you talked about um, that whilst you're cl- classified as a classic rock band, really, the, there are elements of metal. There's elements of grunge in your sound. So, um, what what bands influenced you fr- from a young age to to produce the music that you do? From a young age, man, my dad was into his country massively. So I was hearing things like Johnny Cash, William mm. Jennings, Willie Nelson, the Everly Brothers. So those harmonies um, were unbelievable and, and and simple songs. But again, I come back to this. A good song is a good song. Forget yeah. genre, forget style. If you can pick up a guitar or play it on a piano, we even hum the song with no instruments. You've got a song. If that sticks in your head and it's catchy and it's memorable. Yeah. So I think that was a really good thing as an early age. But band-wise, when I was kind of getting into my teens and wanted to pick up the electric guitar rather than the acoustic <laughs> guitar, it was definitely Green Day. It was Pearl Jam. It was Nirvana, um, Foo Fighters. Mm. Um, but, you know, there was still room for the massive bands. And i, I that's no disrespect to what the bands I've just mentioned, but... <laughs> Ones that have been there, done it, and still doing it. ACDC, yeah. Aerosmith, those bands that had killer, killer vibes and almost, um, and almost raised the level. Do you know what I mean? The longevity yeah. of it all. Because the bands like Nirvana, Green Day, they had, they were at their peak. But if you look at perhaps ACDC, Iron Maiden, Aerosmith, <laughs> they are still as yeah. big as they were. Do you know what I mean? That's unbelievable. Yeah. So those bands that had those huge choruses, um, that's something we really focus on. The big yeah. chorus has to happen. The big sing-alongs in crowds. Um, so yeah, those those bands really. But everything across and everything that comes in between, it's like honestly, there's so many. We we're, we're fans of songs and music, but then there's the bands I just mentioned. They're the ones that kind of really sort of, you know, spark the the flame, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and and what would you do to get on a bill with your ACDCs, your Iron Maidens? What would, what would that mean to you? Well, it was unbelievable because obviously on download, mm. we were like on Iron Maiden Day. And, and honestly, when that came out, we were like, yes, we were playing main instead of download, but it was like, it's Iron Maiden Day. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like... That's that's unbelievable. So and and you know when we came up to soundcheck and we were heading on to do our set, obviously their crew and their props they bring are unbelievable. And you got um, all the stuff and Nico's drums and it's just like this. This is so many different levels to where we are, just production wise. Yeah. And it kind of makes you think, you know, 
that's that's a pinch yourself moment. We're on the same stage as the big boys. You know? Yeah. So it's incredible. I would love to share the stage with Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Um, I think Metallica are just killing it. They're coming back with new stuff. It's exciting, man. I think um, there's so many avenues with rock. The big boys are still there and there's new stuff coming up. So, yeah, who knows, man? I, I, that's that's the dream, though, to play with the, the, the big boys. Yeah. So so um, off the back of the album, and obviously you, you had a tour at the end of the last year with Monster Truck, you're heading out on the road in the next couple of weeks, full headline tour, your own headline tour this time. What can the fans expect from those dates? Um, some new songs, uh, <laughs> which is amazing to see. Um, yeah, we're going to play as, as many as we can. We're definitely going to be playing all the singles that have been released. And there's going to be a few more, a couple of surprises in there as well. So um, we're looking forward to doing that. There's gonna, there's, there's slight changes that we've done. We are, it's, it's crazy actually. We're kind of restricted in the fact that the show we want to put on now, um, visually, we want it to be as big as possible. So, but we are restricted in some of the venues that we are playing. Um, and obviously, it's a three-band bill. So yeah. we got to be conscious of certain things, the logistics of it all, and and we don't want our support acts to, uh, you know, like be playing on a tiny bit of the stage. So you know, yeah. we we that's all something that. But we are, we've started that process of it's not just about um, sonically how we sound live. Hmm. It's about visually making the show better. Um, like again, like all the big boys are doing, like Shinedown are doing. Um, yeah. Alter Bridge are doing, you know what I mean? So it's like Bring Me the Horizon. It's it's it, they they're raising the bar and we have to do the same. So it may not be to the extent that we want it to be right now, but we are definitely you know yeah. slowly evolving so that bigger production is a possibility for our for our shows. Yeah. The arena being obviously the biggest one we got now, the Swansea Arena on the tour. Yeah. We're gonna try a few things there. Um a bit different to the obviously because of the sheer size of it so yeah those things we can do but yeah so you say try a few things is that a whole shed load of pyro <laughs> no not actually no um because you know pyros are great but yeah we're trying to think out of the box a bit mm. so we'll 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 see i mean the, the, the it's coming quick and fast now so uh we, we, well, it might work, it might not. Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out on the shows. <laughs> okay. So, so you obviously, previously, you've played an iconic show at Cardiff Castle. How long until we see you headline the Principality Stadium? That would be, that would be something. <laughs> that really would. We were, we were lucky enough to play Cardiff Castle and... That was amazing because we were supposed to play the tram shed and that was supposed to have been like when COVID happened. And that would have been our biggest sort of venue to date in Wales. And then Cardiff Castle happened before it. And then, then we did the tram shed and, and it was like, ah, oh. uh, so it's, it's crazy how the band has moved, even though we haven't done as many shows through COVID, it, it has progressed and evolved. And then we did, we were lucky enough to jump on the Thunder Bill. Um, yeah. and we played, uh, the Mortar Point, which was amazing. So many people turned out early for us. So these these bigger venues, but they're happening. Um, they're being drip fed into our shows. We've got the Swansea Arena coming up. 
this is exactly where we want to play. We want to play the arenas. We want to play the stadiums. Mm. So the Principality is definitely on the list, um, as are many other venues. And um, let's just see where we go, keep going, and uh, let's see where the road takes us. Okay. So, so off the subject of music, during the World Cup, as a band, you were very active with with your fans on the subject of the World Cup. You ran sweepstakes, etc. Yeah. As, uh, are you all big football fans? Yes. All apart from Lloyd. Lloyd will be open and says, yeah, he doesn't do it for him. He's more <laughs> into his boxing, he's running and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've, I've, I've played since I was a kid. Um, the boys have played in school and stuff. So yeah, football is pretty big. Yeah, um, I like my rugby. Shine likes his rugby, but football, I'd imagine, is probably the the biggest one we all collectively like. Apart from yeah. So, so what did it mean for you to see Wales qualify for that World Cup? Ah, oh, unbelievable, unbelievable. I think the crazy thing is we did so well in the Euros, mm. and there was no expectation at all. But then we qualified for the World Cup. Then there was a slight expectation. And I think the Welsh boys will, will say they kind of underachieved, really. Yeah. Um, and maybe that was because the expectation was there. I don't know. But um, incredible for our tiny little nation to be there representing. And um, to, again, playing with the big boys, that's what it's all about. That's where everybody wants to be um, going up against the, the, the big boys. But um, incredibly proud um honored and um yeah let's see now where we go because obviously the gareth bale ramsey coming towards the end of their pro- mm. well gareth has um ramsey coming to the, the end of their international careers but you know the strength and depth is good so it's positive and um yeah we'll be there supporting yeah, excellent shane it's been a pleasure talking to you today and I, I wish you all the best with the release of this album thank you so much brother i really appreciate it Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast, or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.theraceresedge.rocks.